Welcome, welcome my friends to the Beggars and Brawlers podcast. This is episode 42, recorded Friday the 18th of March 2022, and today I want to give you all my books. So the big news today is that Rebel of Riddle and Woe is done, or at least it's as done as it can be for the moment. I finished draft number two, which for me is the bulk of the work. Draft number one is where I just get the words down and I do a light edit on what I wrote the day before. Draft number two is where I go back and read the whole thing and think about whether it all makes sense, whether this is the story that I intended to tell, if it's not, <laughs> if it's better, and uh, how I how I pull that story that I'm kind of discovering as I write it, how I pull it out. Sometimes characters are in there that don't need to be in there that are just slowing it down, so I cut them out or cut them down. A lot of times my characters learn things in the course of it, and I realized that they were kind of working on that uh, lesson the whole time, but I didn't know it while I was writing it, so I have to go back and kind of punch it up so that it makes sense and all ties together. In this one, there were some romancy things that I had to get just right. Um, so there's always a lot of work to do in the second draft. It's typically the hardest time for me because I don't like revising. This one wasn't that bad, but I'm still glad that it's done because to me, that's the bulk of my creative work done. Now, um, I just need some alpha readers to get back to me and tell me how it's working. And then I'll go through and I'll do like a polish of the prose and add in a bit more descriptive language and check for spelling errors and that kind of thing. So it's basically just polishing after this draft. But what that means in the moment is that I need people to give me feedback. This is what I call the alpha reading stage. I do have a couple alpha readers who are super consistent and I love it because they get back to me quickly and they have smart things to say about what's working and not working, um, which parts feel fast, which parts feel too slow, if there's plot holes, if there's confusing things, which parts I definitely need to not cut out. Basically, an alpha reader just tells me what's working and what's not, because at this point, having read it so many times and been working on it as long as I have, I really can't be objective about it. I need outside opinions. So when I said that I want to give you all my books, part of what I meant is that I want you to be an alpha reader. If you want to be one, I'm happy to send you a copy of the book as it stands now, and you can give me feedback on the things that I just mentioned. I'll have a little guide at the beginning of the book to help you, but I really do need a few more readers on this one. I broke some new ground as a writer uh, in writing this book, and I'm not sure how it's working, so I'd love to get a diversity of opinions on that. So if you want to be an alpha reader, there is a link in the show notes, or you can always just email me at hello at levijacobs.com. Uh, and mention that you want to be an alpha reader for Rebel of Riddle and Woe, or for future books, and I will happily do it. I, you know, like, the first thing that I want to do is write a great story, and the second thing is to have it be read by lots of people, and this kind of hits both of them, because I get to give you my story for free, and in reading it, you help me to make it a better story. So don't hesitate if you want to be an alpha reader. There's still a little bit of time on this one. I do need them back in a couple weeks' time, just so I can get on with the revisions and get this out to everybody else who just wants to read the finished beautiful version. And if that kind of detailed feedback doesn't sound like your thing, but you are someone who's kind of got an eagle eye for typos or missing words or little errors like that, if you're the kind of person that they really frustrate when you read them in a finished book, you might be a good beta reader, which is another thing that I have. That's after I've 
gone through all the things the alpha readers have said, adjusted the book again, and then done all that polishing, a lot of times um, in making changes, I will create new errors, or they're just things that slip through my notice, even when I narrate the thing. So it's great to have a final set of eyes on it that says, hey, you missed these words, and occasionally be like, by the way, I don't think this thing works, or here's a plot hole that nobody saw. Um, but usually at that stage, it's more just cleaning up the pros. So if that's something that you'd like to do for me in exchange for getting a free copy of the book, I would love that too. You can also just email me at that link um, or at hello at levijacobs.com. And of course, if you just like finished books, I have a place in my readers club for you too. I love sending people books when they are willing to review them. If you'll put a review on Amazon or Goodreads, I am happy to send you a copy of my book. Um, I have people who do it for every book. And they're now in what I call the Reader's Club, where when I finish a book, I just send them the copy because I know they're going to read it and review it. And getting reviews on my books, especially in the first couple weeks that they're out, is super helpful in getting attention drawn to the book and getting Amazon to notice it and to help with your promotion of it. So if you're interested in getting the finished beautiful book before anyone else um, and think that you might write a review for it, that is wonderful and golden to me. And I would be happy to send you a copy of those. And by the same token, reviews are always great. So if you just want to read my books and you're willing to review them, I'm happy to just give you reviewer copies of any of my books. That would be the four books in the Empire of Resonance series, the two novellas that are in there, or the two books that are out so far in Tide Collar series, and this third one, Rebel, when it's finally done. I'll send you advanced copies of any of those if you're willing to review them. So again, just email me and tell me what you want to do, and I'm happy to give them to you. That is what I mean when I want to say I want to give you all my books. I mean, as a writer and an artist, that's kind of what I want to do anyway. And the whole I'm trying to make money thing from this comes second and sometimes feels a little unnatural to me. So it's great to have a way to give you my books if you're willing to just help me make them better or to get a few reviews on them once they're out in the world. So if any of those things sound good, drop me a line. Uh, I thought I would give you a progress update. As I said, I am 100% done with draft two of Rebel of Riddle and Woe, which probably means in the overall process I'm like 85% done. What remains is just that polishing and then uh, recording the audiobook and producing the ebook and the paperback, which may sound like a lot, but it's really not. So while I'm waiting for people to alpha read it and give me feedback, I have this wonderful little gap of time. And what I've decided to do with this one, other than just <laughs> take a deep breath and catch up on all the stuff I've been ignoring and avoiding during the like final push to finish the book, is that novella that we talked about a few months back about Gaxna, main character in book one, set a few months before the start of book one, and uh, delving into some secrets we still haven't revealed yet from that time in Saray and what was going on in the war between the monks and the Therakens guild. Um, Gaxna obviously has revealed that she has some history there, but this is going to be a little piece of that history that hasn't come out yet. And uh, <laughs> I'm excited to write it partially for that. It's cool to reveal these secrets I've known for so long. And also because I get to write a whole novella from Gaxna's point of view, because she has a foul mouth and an interesting way of seeing the world. <laughs> so I'm excited to read it or to write it. And um, I will have a copy of that for you when it's done. I'll make an audio version and find a way to get it to you, my dedicated listeners. Probably you'll need to subscribe to the newsletter up, or to the podcast updates if you haven't yet, um, and I can get you the book that way. So uh, yeah, once it's done, I'll let you know, and you can always just email me and I'll send you a link to download it and get it on your device to listen to it or whatever. There are lots of cool 
electronic solutions to things these days. And that actually goes for being a reader in any of those ways that I described. I can send you a Word document, but if you want, I can also, um, I have links so that you can get them onto your Kindle or your Kobo or whatever you use to read or onto your computer and just read it like you would any other ebook. And I wanted to say thanks to all the people who took that personality quiz I mentioned last time to find your tide calling power. Um, It was super fun to see who had what powers and what powers were the most common. And thanks to those of you who wrote back to me to say what power you had and (laughs) whether that made sense for you or not. Uh, Sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. But um, I just wanted to share, looking at the aggregates, uh, we had a really funny thing in question nine, I think it was. The question is, in a team of people with a particular mission, you are most naturally, and then the options are the healer, the leader, the brains, the brawn, the clown, or the guide. So uh, take a minute and think about which one of these would you pick? The healer, the leader, the brains, the brawn, the clown, or the guide? Because the interesting thing is, you know, there's six choices there, but 56% of people who responded (laughs) chose the brains. So I just think it's funny because you are not uh, like a regular selection of a society. You are the Venn diagram of people who took the quiz and who like my books and who listen to my podcast or uh, get my newsletter. So I thought it was really funny that in this little Venn diagram that we all belong, uh, we all think we're pretty brainy. (laughs) And then we think that what we have to offer a group is our brains. Kind of makes sense if we're readers, you know, Um, we tend to be a smart crowd. So anyway, uh, in my own reading since the last podcast, I finished Cytonic by Brandon Sanderson, and it was good. All his books are good. Some of them are better than others. I'm starting to feel like in his books two and three and four of series, he kind of runs out of steam on his characters, and so he relies more heavily on the plot mysteries, like what's going to happen and twists and setting mysteries, like figuring out some aspect of the magic. He always does that, but... Usually in this book one, there's a really strong motivation for the main character, and they have a lot going on inside. Think of Kaladin in The Way of Kings, or the other K-name, who is uh, sort of the main character in Mistborn, even if he's not the point of view character. Um, And then in The Reckoners especially, and also in this uh, Skyward series, they really start off with strong motivation, and then he just, his focus tends to lean away from that. And to me, the books are always stronger when they're more character-focused. I don't think that's his strength, and honestly, I don't think it's mine either, but it's something that I take to heart as a writer, that the best part of a book is going to be the journey of the characters, and if we're not so sold on them and not so invested in what they're trying to do, the rest of it just loses luster, and that's kind of how Cytonic was for me, unfortunately. So hopefully he brings it back together with book four, which is the last one in the series. But as you may have heard, he also had this huge Kickstarter, so I think maybe his heart was in a different place because he was writing these secret novels at the time that he was writing this book. So anyways, we'll see. But it was it was entertaining. I'm not saying that it was bad. It was just a good Sanderson book and not his best. He's kind of like the MCU. You can be sure that nothing that he makes is going to be bad, but some of them are great and some of them are just fine. And I've started The Stone Sky by N.K. Jameson. I read the first two books in the Broken Earth trilogy uh, years ago and loved them and somehow never got to the third one. And I will admit it's a little bit confusing starting up again because she doesn't really give any kind of recap of what happened so i'm trying to remember like what's a raga and like what happened in the end of book two and what is an obelisk gate again but but still the prose is lush and imaginative and her world is unique and her characters you want to talk about keeping a focus on characters 
Oh, she's so good at character. So if you're up for, if you haven't read them uh, and you like a little bit more literary fiction um, or just a little bit more imaginative landscape, they're great books. I totally recommend them and I expect that this one will wow me just like the other ones did. So with that, I am going to say adieu for now. I am going to get back to having a little space and time to finish up my projects now that uh, that book is out of my hands. I think I'm just going to do house stuff today that I've been avoiding and uh, starting on the novella on Monday. So as always, I hope this podcast finds you well and in the company of good books. I'll have one of mine for you soon. (laughs) And if you want them now, drop me an email. Till next time or till I hear from you, read on. For more information on Levi Jacobs and his books, including the award-winning Tide Collar Chronicles, please visit www.levijacobs.com. Or for a free audiobook, only available to podcast listeners, go to www.levijacobs.com slash free. Thanks for listening and read on.